0: Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsbury. I'm coming back to the, the program here with some breaking news. I want to share with you a statement from NCAA President Mark Emmert on limiting attendance at NCAA event. This, of course, coming in the wake of COVID-19. His statement reads, the NCAA continues to assess the impact of COVID-19 in consultation with public health officials and our COVID-19 advisory panel. Based on their advice and my discussions with the NCAA Board of Directors, uh, Board of Governors, rather, I have made the decision to conduct our upcoming championship events, including the Division I men's and women's basketball tournaments with only essential staff and limited family attendance the statement by Mark Emmert president of the NCAA continues but the news is this that March madness will happen without fans in the stands essential staff and limited family only uh, for this year's March madness as a result of uh, precautions being taken. Uh, responding to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, so that's that. We'll continue to follow that. Right now, though, I am uh, pleased to invite uh, and welcome onto the program Chris Stewart, congressman here for the state of Utah. Sir, I'm grateful to you uh, for joining us. Uh, sorry to, to to delay you there with that news, but as we're continuing to cover uh, this story of the coronavirus as it sweeps across the world, uh, you know, we got to make sure folks are up to speed. So I, uh, I'm grateful to you for your understanding there. How are you?
1: We'll certainly understand. And I, I mean, it's sad. March Madness won't be as mad, will it? It won't be as much fun without people in the stands. And uh, even for those of us who wouldn't have been there, probably watching it will be a little less intense. But, Lee, I, I, it's just essential that uh, we mitigate and uh, social distancing right now as we can try to disperse and, and uh, minimize the impacts of this virus that, you know, every everyone is concerned
0: yeah, 100 uh, percent. Let me point out too: the president uh, tonight uh, scheduled to give an update on the Corona virus. We don't have an exact time right now. Our best guess is about six o'clock mountain. Uh, that'll be during uh, Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. So be sure to be tuned in to hear what the president has to say as he gives this update on the Corona virus. Uh, Congressman Stewart, listen, uh, there, vote today before your body, the House of Representatives, On this deal with FISA, the news of yesterday was that uh, a compromise had been reached among members of the House uh, and the vote was scheduled for today. Uh, Let me ask you this. Were you satisfied with uh, with these so-called compromises?
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, I can tell you that probably Well, the majority of this bill is based on legislation that I've been working on for the last year and a half. As we saw in the House Intelligence Committee, the severe abuse that uh, the FISA went through. I mean, you had uh, members, of senior senior members, and even directors of the FBI who went there and just absolutely deceived the court. They manipulated evidence, and then you have this concern as well that the 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 FISA judges. I, I've read this FISA application; it begs for questions. You read this thing, and there's things that jump off the page to you going, well, what about this? What about this? And we have no idea if the FISA uh, judges were curious whether they prodded, whether they challenged the FBI and Department of Justice at all. And this bill, which I'm proud to say I just voted on, the voting is taking place even as we speak, it will eliminate that. And, uh, and it's so important that we do. And had we not gotten these reforms, I would not have voted to reauthorize these important intelligence tools. I just, I just reached a point where it's like I'm, I, I, we can't trust some of these members uh, of, or some of these leaders in these agencies in the future. And we've got to do something to make sure this can't happen again.
0: One of the criticisms leveled against this, these compromises, has to do with, uh, uh, with a skeptical voice present uh, when these applications are presented and heard. Uh, some of those uh, shortcomings, as expressed by some, have led, uh, for example, Senator Mike Lee uh, to urge the president to, to veto this measure. How, what, what, what defense would you bring and share uh, and use to convince folks that this in, is, in fact, a worthwhile piece of legislation, that, that the process has gone about well?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's really pretty simple. And Mike is a great friend and someone I have tremendous respect for. And uh, and he, he is a constitutionalist. And it's so important that we have his voice in the Senate. But here's the reality. If we don't reauthorize this with these reforms, then FISA doesn't change. It's not a matter of doing these reforms or doing more reforms. It's a matter of doing this or nothing. Because FISA is not going away, The bill we're voting on today does not eliminate FISA. FISA is not up for reauthorization. FISA is like other laws. It goes on in perpetuity. It doesn't doesn't expire. Uh, we're voting on some other elements of the of the Freedom Act, which is, you know, the ability to target lone wolf terrorists, right. the ability to – like, for example, if a terrorist has a phone, a cell phone, and they get a new cell phone, be able to have your wiretap rove over to that new cell phone. I mean, those are simple things, but those are the things that are expiring. FISA itself doesn't expire. So we, ha- we have a choice. We can either implement these reforms, which are very, very important, or leave FISA as it is. And have it be abused in the future. And, I mean, given those two choices, I just think think it's uh, it's a simple answer to go, well, let's do what we can. And, by the way, we got most of what we were asking for. This isn't a Democrat bill. This is a bill that we could not have passed if the House Republicans have been in the majority. That's a real irony here that, we, you know, we got almost a, well, a vast number of, of Republicans and Democrats to support this. It's not a Democrat bill at all. This is based on mostly my legislation.
0: Well, let that be the last word on that. Now, if we could turn our attention to the coronavirus, both uh, inactions being taken taking place by the by the. The body, the Congress, and then also, I am curious if I could start by asking you uh, have you have you made any changes to operations in your own office
1: Yeah, we have, although not dramatic changes. Uh, I mean, the most important thing is the things we're asking everyone to do just be very, very careful, you know wash your hands, use the, use the antibacterials, uh, you know minimize the social contact and we're doing that, and we're, we're taking it one step further, and that is we're encouraging my staff, if they can at all to have telephone conferences and meetings rather than meeting in person. Much of what we do could be done over the telephone. Now, it's not ideal, for heaven's sakes. I love meeting with people. It's what I spend my whole day doing. Uh, and I haven't I uh, haven't changed any of my meetings, but I think for our staff we're in, we're encouraging them to look at that option. But Lee, we're going to have to do something on this. I mean, uh, I had the best briefing on the coronavirus that I've had yesterday, and part of that is and by the way, I've had more than a dozen. But part of the reason the others were frustrating is because we just didn't know. And you'd go in and ask these very specific questions, and they'd give you a nearly infinite range of possibilities because they just didn't know. But we are beginning to bear down on this. The research is beginning to come through. And here's, I mean, it's good news and bad news. The bad news is this is a very dangerous situation, especially for older people. I mean, it goes up just uh, to a frightening rate for people above 60 and 70. The good news is, is it will run its course, and, and that's the thing that uh, they're confident of now is that six or seven weeks, it'll peak, and then it will start to come back down, anticipate by the summer, probably come back next fall, but much weaker, and we'll have much better you know, medical treatments for it at that point. And the other good news is is that it's n- not dangerous uh, or nearly so dangerous as we were once feared for younger people. If you're less than 35 years old, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it doesn't pose much of a risk to you, hardly much more than the normal flu. So, again, good news and bad news. But in the meanwhile, we've got to do that social distancing. We have to do that mitigation so we can round out these numbers and not overwhelm our, our medical system.
0: Congressman Chris Stewart, I'm grateful to you for your time, grateful to you for your insight and the work you're doing on behalf of your district. Uh, Always a pleasure to speak to you on these airwaves.
1: It's an honor. Thank
0: you, sir. All righty. Uh, so we've learned a lot in this segment. We heard from the congressman. we also learned that the NCAA uh, has made the announcement via the, the president of the NCAA that this year's March Madness will take place without crowds in the stands. Also got a little bit of clarification from the president a moment ago that uh, he tonight will be addressing the nation uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern, that's 7 o'clock Mountain, that address coming from the Oval Office uh, and the topic of uh, his address will be, of course, this coronavirus, COVID 19. Uh, one more segment to go. We're going to be talking uh, about the newly declared pandemic by the World Health Organization. What does that mean? What does it mean around the world? What does it mean to you and me? We'll be speaking with Alex Stone from ABC News next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.